And a lot of men are just lonely. They, they just want to be able to go to maybe even a private dance and not even get a dance. They just want to sit and be able to like have a woman sit next to them. So it really changed my perspective on men because you see, you know, men who just want somebody for them, um, even if it's for a temporary period of time, but then you do see men, like I've had my friend's husbands come in and do private dances with me. So it, it can be really unfortunate at times also. Before we dive in, I just quickly want to introduce Mission Hummingbirds to you all. Mission Hummingbirds is proud to support and sponsor Blackbird, the podcast. Mission Hummingbirds' commitment to amplifying diverse voices and promoting meaningful conversations is aligned with the mission of Blackbird to bring critical conversations to the forefront. Blackbird is so proud to be associated with Mission Hummingbirds. I would love to know more about you. Tell us a bit more about where you're from and how your life has been and some more on that. Yeah, so um, I grew up, I was born and raised in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, And then once I graduated high school, I started working pharmacy. I went into early childhood development um, as my major. I ended up moving to Hawaii where I worked in the hospital and I worked for CVS Specialty. And I just moved back home about a year and a half ago. And that's when I started working at the club. Oh, so you've just only begun like since a year and a half ago? Yeah, yeah. So this is my first time ever working in a club. You know, I've done some traveling and um, yeah. So there's a lot, a lot of, a lot of experiences in the club. Um, I know girls who've been doing it for, you know, 20 years. So mm-hmm. amazing. And so when you talk about the club, can you give us like a gist of what the club really is about and what your job is? What's your job title? How I mean, how much um, how much does it does it go uh, for you to kind of um, be in that space and do what you do? Okay, yeah. So the club, it's basically a gentleman's club or in Virginia, they're also called go-go clubs. Uh, They're not so much referred to as strip clubs because they don't allow full nudity in Virginia. So my job, basically, my title is an entertainer. We are, you know, hourly paid employees and then we also get tips. But as an entertainer, um, basically, we, our job is to talk to customers who come in and we dance we do private dances or lap dances and you know we just basically have to bring good energy to the people that are coming in so that they spend money on us right of course and um so when you talk about i mean you know just uh, starting your day with all of that so what does abigail's typical day look like usually i wake up you know i sleep in so i wear 11 um, I wake up, I have three guinea pigs, so I take care of them when I wake up. Um, like once a week, I try to get out and find maybe like a new outfit for work. Um, but if I'm not doing that, I pretty much, I, you know, clean my apartment. I do normal daily things. I go to the store. Um, I spend time with my friends and family. And then around five or six, I'll come home, 
and I start getting ready for work. And I usually go in around seven or eight and it's a six hour shift. I will get off around 2 a.m. and then I come back home and start over the next day. Lovely. So it's like usually it kind of ends up very quite late at night. Always, always. There are day shifts. Um, I work the day, which is 2 p.m. to 8. I do one of those a month to work on the weekends at my job, which are considered prime bookings, where there are the most customers um, and the most money to be made. So my days usually are very late. Sometimes I get home 3, 4 a.m. Um, or if the customers, we have an after hours club, it's open 2 to 6. And that's just a bar. It's not a go-go club, a gentleman's club. And as the customers will, you know, pretty much convince us to go out. So sometimes I don't get home till 7 a.m. Oh, wow. So that like goes on like all night then. And obviously it's a, um, it's a, it's a job where you, you know, it's a people's job, right? Like you are meeting people all the time. You're meeting mm -hmm. slightly men all the time. So, I mean, you know, men, I would think better than most people would. What are your customers like? Like, who are these people and what do you think, like, where they come from? What, like, what's the general trajectory of what kind of people uh, come in? So this job changed my perspective on men completely. And it's because you think when you think of a gentleman's club, I think a lot of people do older men, um, single men, or just men who want to maybe like cheat on their wife. Like you, you get a bad idea of the men who come into these clubs. The men who come into these clubs are everybody. I've seen 18 year olds up to 80 year olds. And there's men who are single, men who are married with kids. Um, I've met government officials at my job. I have met just about anyone you can think of. And so they come from all backgrounds, races, ages, ethnicities, like walks of life. Um, a lot of my customers are Hispanic because I am bilingual and no one else at my job speaks Spanish. So if they don't speak English, they have really no one else to talk to. So a lot of them come to my job pretty regularly to just have, you know, a female to, to talk with, to spend time with. Um, and a lot of men are just lonely. They they just want to be able to go to maybe even a private dance and not even get a dance. They just want to sit and be able to like have a woman sit next to them. So it really changed my perspective on men because you see, you know, men who just want somebody for them, um, even if it's for a temporary period of time. But then you do see men like I've had my friend's husbands come in and do private dances with me. So it, it can be really unfortunate at times also. Mm. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's like a lot. I actually did not expect <laughs> that to be the answer <laughs> at all. That's, that's pretty deep, honestly. I mean, but do you feel like, um, you know, when you say that um, there are lonely men who come in and um, who just, you know, they don't even want to dance. They just want to like sit and hang out and do nothing also what what goes on in your mind at the time like is is that like a safe space for you to be in or like like how do you feel about yourself when you are in that position so 
my club specifically, and this isn't all clubs, you know, this isn't universal, but my club is is a great club. It's very safe. We have security, armed security, cameras everywhere. Um, our safety is their number one priority because we bring the money in. And what kind of club is it to not protect the girls who are your main source of income, bringing your customers in? And so I, I've never felt unsafe in my job. I, whenever men come in and they just are lonely, they want someone to talk to. Honestly, it, it's a good feeling because if they can't find somebody on the outside world, you, you know, to talk to or somebody to listen to them, some men just want to talk about their problems. You know, they, they just have really nobody. And it's a good feeling to be able to provide that to them um, and for them to have, have somebody to talk to and someone to always come to, you know, even if they are paying for it, it's, it's a service, you know? I mean, do you think everyone, like every dancer has this kind of approach towards it or is it just you? <laughs> Not every dancer has that approach for sure, because it is a job where our job is to make money by entertaining other people, talking to people. And that isn't just in the life sense where, oh, my time is valuable. I need to do worthwhile things. No, our time is literal money. And so a lot of girls, um, especially girls who I, in my perspective and for what I've seen, um, if they're really in need of money um, or if they are just so focused on money that mm -hmm. they don't stop to think about how they talk to people. I've seen girls walk up and just um, talk to somebody for five minutes and demand money from them because of it and they don't really care they they think of these men as you know walking wallets which is fine but I think the treatment of these men sometimes isn't um so polite when it comes to asking for money and I think that mostly if the girls are polite and value the customer then definitely they'll make more money but it's unfortunately not true for every dancer right and it's like i mean how do you manage these kind of um, boundaries with your customers like because you have like a plethora of people coming in from different walks of life with their different experiences and acting a certain way so like how do you manage the boundaries and you know, um, there there would be probably customers who may be overly familiar or maybe some of them could be like possibly inappropriate towards you. How do you manage this kind of boundaries? You really have to feel out where they're coming from because different situations require different solutions. I've had men come in and this is where different state laws come into to play because in South Florida, I've been to the clubs in South Florida, fully nude. Um, they have champagne rooms. Champagne rooms are rooms that men can rent instead of paying per dance. They rent it for a half hour. They rent it for an hour. You know, you can bring alcohol in there. You guys can hang out, watch TV, do pretty much whatever. And there's a lot of clubs in South Florida where people do extras. And extra just means full service sex work where you can... You're not supposed to, it's illegal, but I've seen it where girls will have sex in these rooms. Girls will do extra things for extra money. And so if a guy comes in and he's too touchy or he's um, of asking for extras, you know, you just kind of got to remind them that that is illegal and that it's not okay. 
but I've had situations where the men are just drunk, disorderly, inappropriate. They're not listening because they're belligerent. Um, and at that point, that's when, you know, you get security and they, they have to be escorted out. Um, and then they'll decide if they need to be barred from the property or if they can come back another day. Um, and sometimes there, there's men who forget that it's a club and forget that you're there to make money and they start, the boundaries change from my customer to he wants a relationship or he wants something more. Um, and that's when you kind of have to remind them, this is my job. And it's the way you say it also, because it's one thing to say, you know, this is my job. Like I would never, or to say something like, oh, well, maybe, you know, if you can spend more time with me and I can make more money, we can do it this way. And that that's a big part of it, too, is just the way that you set your boundaries. Uh, specifically in this industry, it's like, I mean, obviously, there's like a huge social stigma about your profession and uh, there's this uh, whole, uh, I mean, even the understanding now, as you said, like it's a gentleman's club as opposed to a strip club and uh, the difference between that. And so people don't really, you know, care at the outside to think more about these nuances or these differences between the settings or anything. And they usually, you know, over-sexualize women in this profession and kind of um, typecast them and put them into these boxes. Yeah, I, I definitely would like people to be more educated because, you know, a go-go club is a club maybe where there's no full nudity and then you have just and every everything is considered a gentleman's club every club in the u.s that's what they're known as um we've been called a strip club i've been to strip clubs in hawaii south florida you know everywhere and regardless of the amount of nudity regardless of anything you know i think that if people were more educated not only would how do I put this? I, I think because sex work in general, it doesn't matter if you're just a dancer or you do full service sex work, escorting, um, anything of that matter. I think that people just have such a negative connotation and, and mindset about it. It's a fun environment. No one is ever pressured to do anything they do not want to do. And if people were more educated, it would make it safer for us as well. I couldn't tell you how many times I have been scared that god forbid somebody were to follow me home or try to um or something were to happen to me you know outside of the club and i'd be worried that maybe the police wouldn't really care so much because to them i'm just a stripper and it's just the mindset that people don't really care about you because of your job or they think less of you for your job um so yeah, I definitely would like people to be more educated because we're normal people. We we have a job just like you. It's just that we use our body in a different way, you know, just because we show more skin and people think of it like morals wise. Um, but if they were more educated, I think that everyone would would be a lot happier and life would be a lot easier for for everyone involved. Absolutely. And I also second the part where you said that uh, it would be a much more safer environment for you if um, people were more educated about that. And that just makes so much sense. And that just goes to, I think, show that we don't really think about these things. Um, I think um, this kind of drives me towards asking you that 
obviously there must have been instances that may not have been that friendly or even if there had been no instances like like you just said that you know sometimes you just get scared about someone falling but you back home or something like that so have there been like has there been any such effect to your personal life at any point because of your job yes so my personal life has changed in good ways and bad ways because now that I value myself more because my job really it did build my self-confidence. It showed me that I should value myself more because other people see that in me. So why don't I? So I don't really have much or many negative things, you know, that I feel about myself anymore. And I'm more outgoing. I'm more able to make friends. And I just, I really love how my life is going, but in the same aspect, socially, I don't trust men. I don't, I can't have a boyfriend. I just don't feel like I can trust men, period. On top of that, you know, most of the men I meet, I meet in the club. So if I were trying to date somebody from the club, do they value me as me or do they value me as a dancer? And so that's kind of like something that has really affected me not being able to hold a serious relationship. Maybe just going back to what you said a bit earlier, um, do you, um, of course, I mean, if there was more education surrounding uh, your area of profession and how better it would be for everyone, do you also think that uh, if there are any ways that uh, your job or your profession um, provides a meaningful service to society or does it add anything to society? 100%. You know, um, people think that, like, especially so Virginia, you cannot open a new club. You have to purchase from somebody who already owns one. So, for example, if somebody owned a club and they didn't want to sell it, but they wanted to close it down, there's just one less club in the, the state. They cannot stand strip clubs. They don't believe in them. So we have to be really careful in terms of like, you know, we always follow the laws and everything. Um, but I think that people miss out on the service we do provide. You know, it's just another bar. It's it's live entertainment. Um, and it provides a safe space for women also to come into, you know, a club. And it provides men a service. And they think that there's a real value in it. But it provides a lot of income, um, you know, tax wise and everything also. But without clubs, I feel like there's no outlet for men to just be who they are. Um, because men, you'd be surprised, come into the club and tell us a lot of things. They have fetishes. They have problems at home. They have anything you can imagine that they wouldn't tell anyone else in their life, but not even their therapist sometimes, but they'll come and tell us um, because we're known to be like more sexually open and we're doing our job. So who are we to judge you? Um, so I think that that's a big thing that people miss out on for sure. That's a very, very interesting take. And also uh, what you said earlier in this conversation about different types of men coming in and trying to, you know, confide into you and have to have these conversations and don't even, they don't even need the service you're providing, but some of them just come in for company. And there's a possibility of this place being safe for people like them who just come in. 
so abigail i've also seen on your instagram that you are quite active on only fans i try to be <laughs> <laughs> tell us more about it like what is that space i'm so curious so only fans is basically um a way for you to produce content that maybe you can't post on instagram facebook or anywhere else um it could be explicit it could not be but mine is explicit um and it's basically just it's a space for for people to pay to see more of you to see a different side of you or um just to be able to talk to you because i i do most of my uh, messaging and everything on my only fans that's the main way that that people can reach me and people are quite i mean interested in having conversations like apart from the pictures that are posted and things like that oh yeah for sure i've i've had um men pay just to talk to me there's i i offer a menu so i offer everything from nude photos um lingerie videos um and one thing that i offer is called the girlfriend experience you can pay per day or per week and basically you get access to add me on snapchat and you get my undivided attention all day you know we talk and you can ask me to pretend to be your girlfriend i'll tell you i love you and whatever just want to maybe have some explicit conversations throughout the day um so they they have the ability just to pay for that apart from videos or anything else how do you enjoy this experience and like how what do you feel about like you know basically role playing at this point and doing it all day every day like are there times when you get someone bores you or i mean it's natural to have you know some kind of reactions while you're working while you're on the job you know, sometimes you get annoyed with people and things like that so does that happen in your area of work absolutely it's so mentally exhausting um so especially only fans so my job if if i don't feel like talking to somebody or i'm getting frustrated i just go into the dressing room <laughs> and I'll, i'll hide in there for a little bit and relax but when it comes to something like only fans if you do that if you ignore somebody or you don't respond even if you are irritated you know everything's online so if you're not active enough you don't make money at all and so it it can be very exhausting and always having to put out new content respond to people's messages it's it's hard right and then it's like you know i mean sure in person when you are working at the club that's one thing but like on only fans it's like do people like hound you for things or especially people who are who see you on instagram and then they kind of see your links on instagram and that's how they follow you to uh uh they follow you through to only fans and then does it ever happen that people are just you know being like stalking or if you don't reply do they like keep bugging you or like is there any kind of um for you know just for you just to take a breather is there an option for that if people like feel like i don't know they like own your time or something some people feel like they do own my time i've had customers at work become possessive but um when it comes to only fans if you don't use it you just don't make money that's basically the premise and so i don't have to do anything i don't want to but at the same time you know 
you have to put up with certain things that maybe you wouldn't in your real life just so you can get like some extra money. Um, of course, I don't do anything outrageous or if somebody is extremely demanding, making me uncomfortable, that that's a different story. And I'll just, you know, I can just block them. But all of this would be taking some kind of toll on you physically, emotionally, mentally, while you're doing all these things, including your work at the club. So how do you work around that? How do you just be sane through this? <laughs> um, to be completely honest, some days I'm not. I'm not, not sane. I'm not always mentally there. But I try to take like all my off days. So I don't work at the club on Sunday or Tuesday. And for that, um, basically, I just take on those two days are like my self-care days. And I just don't get on the phone. I don't go into work, nothing. I just relax all day. Um, you know, I'll spend time with my best friend or, um, yeah, that, that's about it. You know, just self-care is so important and just taking those breaks from social media. Then also, I mean, when you're doing these things, you're also probably, you know, taking your rest days and, um, doing your bills and doing the other stuff that everybody else does. So when it comes to that, mm -hmm. Does your job at the club and at OnlyFans together, is it, I mean, does it work for you to pay your bills off? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think, and there's a big misconception about girls who work at the club always have like sugar daddies. I've, I don't have one. I pay everything on my own. Um, I have a two bedroom apartment. I have a newer car. I have pets. Um, you know, in January, I paid cash to get cosmetic surgery done on, you know, my chest, and I'm going to be getting more cosmetic procedures done this year that I'm paying all cash for. And on top of that, my savings. So now it's just time for me to start investing. Do I smell a business plan? I hope so. I'm trying to invest more in stocks that I want to invest in real estate. And I'm glad you're able to do that when you're so young. That's amazing. You do you, girl. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> and um, I mean, even even in terms of money, though, like, uh, how does, like, is there, like, a rate or is there, like, a rate card or something like that that goes around at the club or do different dancers have different rates or is there, like, a fixed price thing or how does that work? So a lot of clubs around the U.S. will make you pay what's called a house fee where you have to pay to work basically um, because a lot of girls in other states are independent contractors they're not hired employees we are hired employees we do not pay a house fee club makes so much money off like the bar and alcohol that you know there's really no real need for it and basically the girls come in on their scheduled shift so they start at $40 but each girl gets to pick her own price um, and that just will basically increase it if she chooses to charge more oh so like you're free to kind of um, make your own decision in that case like choose your kind of rate or is there like a cap to that or you just like whatever like I'm saying maybe a hundred dollars and you know you have to be that good at your job and then there would be your customers or your loyal customers coming in and doing that for you is that how the deal is yeah so I've seen girls charge that much but you know it's just not feasible because the songs are about like three minutes and you pay per song. 
Um, so I charge 40. And the reason I do that, a lot of girls actually, <laughs> they say bad things about me because I only charge 40. Um, but I do the most private dances in the club. And so that increases my profit overall. Because if a guy asked, you know, you for a dance, and you're charging $60, why would he do one with you if he can get one for 40? That saves him $20. Yeah, so most likely the customer is going to come your way. <laughs> yeah, and they're more likely to get multiple songs. Right, yeah. Wow, that makes so much sense. <laughs> OnlyFans is more passive for me. I don't really... If I put more focus on it and I did more content... I. I could see it making as much money, but that's something you have to do daily. The girls who makes a lot of money on OnlyFans, they post all the time. Um, a lot of them don't have a second job. OnlyFans is their job because they make so much, but I'm full time at the club. And so that's my main source of income. Um, OnlyFans would pay like my car. OnlyFans pays my utilities. Um, so it's good for that. That's amazing. If you're making that much off OnlyFans to go for your car and your stuff like that, that's just insane. <laughs> that's amazing. Good for you, honestly. And, um, you know, you. even with your OnlyFans being your secondary one and the club being the primary job that you do, um, the role of that sexuality and sensuality both that they play in your work... Um, how like do you how would you describe that does it kind of I mean um, you work with so many people there's so many people coming in and you are expected to be a certain way to be sexual a certain way to be sensual a certain way does it get tiring or how do you approach that you, if I'm going to work if I'm going to my office or something like that and I'm just not having a good day but I have to be there. And that's like everyone at some point at their jobs, right? So when it comes to your job and you feel like that, and because your job is so, um, I won't say vulnerable, but you choose to be like more open than others. How do you kind of sway through that? Per like anytime a girl has a bad day at the club, um, you know, we really rely on each other to to be supportive and, get through the shift and it'll be fine. You know, it's just today that you feel like this. And maybe that's not going to be a night where, you know, you make a lot of money, but you know, we're supportive because you showed up and tried and you're not forced to talk to anybody. You're not forced, you know, they would like you to do your job, you know, but of course you can't force anyone to do anything and you're all welcome to leave early. It's not like a corporate job or a nine to five where, you have to stay your whole shift and you get written up if you know you you have to leave early or something the club is very flexible because there's 12 other people who are doing your same job and so if we if you need to go home it's it's not a huge deal oh that's amazing so again like you know another point that we get while discussing this that your profession is also just like any other when it comes to these things it sounds like you work at a great place but my question is, are there, you know, places um, similar to yours, like a gentleman's club or a go-go, where um, women, I mean, the dancers may not be treated as well, or um, the 
customers may not be you know coming from a good place do you think uh, there is like a wave of exploitation too at a certain level absolutely my club and the clubs in my area just so happen to be great clubs and everyone's taken care of but i've seen it i've seen and other seen horror stories from other dancers online because i'm in like um, national groups with other dancers and we talk about travel dancing um and we talk about what clubs not to go to because there are clubs where the owners try to exploit the girls uh there are clubs where they owners will try to take extra money from the girls there are some clubs where they have what are called sweepers so it's men who work at the club and if you make a lot of money on stage they will sweep your money and bag it for you um and i've heard that they steal a lot um i've also unfortunately i saw this was in the west coast i believe i can't remember what state but a girl shared her story and it got reposted on um, a really big dancer page where she said she went to travel to a club and she did not know that this club was known for full service sex working um which again it's illegal but it happens she had just went to go um dance there a customer purchased a champagne room and she was assaulted. So it happens, you know, girls get assaulted in a club. Like when you're working at a club, you just have to really do your research. You have to make sure that the club that you're working for is also working for you and protecting you. And um, when you're talking about, um, you know, you keeping in touch with um, other dancers from around the country through Facebook groups or any other networks like that. Is there like a sense of um, solidarity, which is like more concrete, like a union or um, vocal group or anything where when it comes to the rights of dancers or when it comes to uh, such instances where you just mentioned the uh, woman getting assaulted? Is there any... Um, committee or a group or just something concrete to kind of hold everyone together so there's no no real union there's no one really to protect us so you'll see the main people protecting dancers are dancers for example there's a big page called the dancers resource on instagram they're great for you know sharing memes and jokes about club life but they post a lot of really important resources they have important tips and everything safety everything um that you could really want as a dancer and so that's one of the main pages that I would recommend for any dancer to follow uh they also post if something you know if they're looking for somebody or like a, a sex worker goes missing they'll post that too right now Specifically, there is a strike going on in Portland, Oregon. The dancers are on strike because no one's protecting them or giving them good work conditions. So they themselves have gone on strike. They refuse to work. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. And so, but you have this kind of uh, networking and this kind of connection where you know what's happening and areas are not being uh, uh, good with the dancers or which are the safer ones, which are the more exploitative ones. So you have like a basic idea of where to go and where not to go. That is great. And yeah. I, I hope there are proper laws in place and I hope there are proper policies in place that kind of reassure 
uh, I mean, although working as a dancer is legal, uh, but what kind of specific rights do you have? What kind of specific policies do you have? What kind of specific protections do you have? I think um, that's something um, if would have been possible if there was like a, you know, like an informal group that kind of focused only on this. But then again, given the profession, that's also not possible to do at the same time. Um, but I really yeah. hope, um, I really hope there is a way uh, out from this um, because everyone deserves um, the right to be treated well. Everyone deserves the right to have the job that they want to do. And um, honestly, I mean, when you think about this and you think about the choices that women have to make, surely everyone is not, um, you know, not just your profession, but um anywhere in that case but specifically with your profession because it's so um you know out there that women would have would be coming from so many different walks of lives from abusive homes from poor homes and um, trying to change their lives and not many many may not be educated as much as you are many you know people would probably they didn't have the choice to do anything else and that's why they are doing this so it's wonderful to see that there is also a kind of solidarity among women who work as dancers so they protect each other and be there for each other it's very wonderful to know that you have an excellent um, uh, career background and uh, now you are um, delving into the world of um, exotic dancing so um, are you connected um, with your roots are you connected with your family and are you being supported in that way or is, is this just something that you're doing and not talking about or is this just something you're doing on your own and everyone's fine I used to hide it from my family um, when I first started because you know, you, you never know how people react. There's no gray area. People e either support you or they don't. And now, you know, being having done it for a while, I just, I am very open about it. You know, it's my job and I support myself and I don't do anything wrong. No one in the club does anything wrong, you know? So there's nothing to be ashamed of. And for me personally, I'm open about it. And I, I really still have a great relationship with my family, my friends, and people are more supportive most of the time than not. Someone like me who comes from a place where this probably would, you know, not work at all. Um, it's, it's very um, interesting to see how um, accepting people are of uh, doing a job that is so uh, open in nature and, uh, where you're okay to where you're comfortable being you and you're comfortable being doing with what you whatever you're doing and um you know and accepting the fact that you'd be judged for it but like basically not giving a fuck also very very amazing for me to see how confident you are <laughs> and how smart you are honestly you're so well spoken <laughs> I am so bad. I am so bad when it comes to like talking to people. And if someone's especially asking me questions, I'd be like, uh, 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 like that would happen like all the time. But you are so like proper and concise. I love that. <laughs> a lot of people don't expect that because, you know, you are put in a box like that. 
like have you ever surprised people i mean have people been like oh you're like wow you're actually smart or something <laughs> uh a lot of the time in the club actually like men they don't really say stuff like that and if they do i mean i'm not i'm i used to work in customer service so i'm pretty nice and i can put up with a lot but when it comes to the club i've had whenever guys come up to me and they're like oh like you went to school or oh wow what are you doing here like you're way better than this and to me it's just it's so disrespectful because it's it's, it's you're talking down on me my coworkers and um i don't get it often but when i do i i make sure i correct them but and it happens everywhere right like especially when you have the so called pretty privilege also like you are as like the assumption goes that i mean you just basically exist and the world revolves around you but that's that's not the case um yeah not at all um and i think um, lastly i think uh, to kind of conclude our conversation I would love to ask you what are your future plans what do you do here on do you see yourself uh, being a dancer for for xx years or um... so i took a break from school so my future plans right now are to start school in august i want to go back for nursing um i did all of my prerequisite classes and Honestly, even when I have a degree, even when I have a career, I'll do this for as long as I can because it's just such a good break from reality sometimes and the money is just so easy. Um I've never seen a job where I could make my rent in in 6 hours. And so as long as I have the ability and the physical ability, I I will continue this. Starting a family, maybe not. <laughs> it was wonderful discussing this with you and i'm honestly like i i've been you know i mean sometimes it happens uh, and i won't mention which episode because that would be weird but sometimes um uh, you just space out a little when the other person is talking but <laughs> that didn't happen. that didn't happen with me here you were absolutely amazing and um i'm very very happy to know something new and something more and to kind of just reflect upon this this conversation makes a lot of difference to me because having had that experience with um, being around dancers in my country just how similar some things are especially the good things so i'm glad that exists and thank you so much for being on the podcast and i hope i can you know maybe do a part 2 or something and we have something better to talk about For sure. Thanks so much for having me.